and hallelujah. Praise be to God. We thank Jehovah for this awesome time that we are about to have. And um, I, I want us just to get into prayers, all right? So before everyone else can join, um, before we can open the scriptures, I would like just to lead you into some prayers, all right? Um, so let's just get into it. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I thank you and I bless you, my God, for this awesome time, my Lord, that you have given us. I honor you and I adore you, Jehovah, for you are God who is our creator, our maker. Lord, here we are, my God, this afternoon, my Father, so we can share the word of life, so we can share the word of encouragement, so we can share the word that builds, so we can share the word that empowers, so we can share the word that uplifts, so we can share the word that heals, so we can share the word that transforms in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. My God, people, my Father, want various things, my Lord, in their life. Others, all they want is peace. Others, all they want is joy. Others, all they want is to belong. Others, all they want is to make it in their businesses. Others, all they want is peace in their families. Others, all they want is peace in their marriages. Others just want their children, my Lord, to turn out to be the best children whom they can have. My God, I praise you and I honor you, my Lord, for I know that God, whenever we ask, you answer. Whenever we pray, you hear us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. My Lord, I commit my heart and the hearts of all your people who are watching and who are going to listen to this word. That God give us the understanding, my Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. For with understanding, my Lord, we are able to know what you are saying in your word. And we are able to apply your word, Father, without holding back in the name of Jesus. My God, I know life is not easy. We meet different obstacles. I know life is not easy. We meet different challenges. I know life is not easy. For we find, my Lord, ourselves in valleys of different types. I know life is not easy. For we meet, Lord, in different opposition along the way. But one thing I know for a fact is that, God, you have given us the power and ability that we are overcomers. And this is why your word says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. This is why your word says that we are able, my Lord, to overcome by the blood. Right now, my Father, I announce that everybody, my Lord, wherever they are, I speak the authority, the strength, and the power in the name of Jesus Christ. My Lord, any negative report that has been spoken about or against your sons and your daughters, I erase that report in the name of Jesus. Lord, if a prayer was about eloquency, then I would not qualify. If a prayer was about qualifications, then I would not qualify. If a prayer was about wealth or riches, then I would not qualify. If a prayer was about how long one has been in the Lord, then I would not qualify. If a prayer was about the family that one is born out of, then I would not qualify. Lord, I thank you that Jehovah, it is beyond that, my God. Rather, it is about the heart in the name of Jesus Christ. For you have said, my Father, unlike a man who goes according to feelings, according to what we see and what we hear, you, Father, on the other hand, are all about the heart. This is why it is written in your word that it is not what enters a man that defiles a man, 
rather it is what comes out of the man and further your word says that from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks i therefore commit every heart this afternoon before you lord and i pray that god may you wash every heart in the name of jesus the hearts that are heavy the hearts my lord that are pressed the hearts that are troubled the hearts that are facing challenges the hearts that are facing different and difficult times i commit them before you and spirit of god i pray that may you begin to work on the people in the mighty name of jesus christ I send angels in every direction, my Lord, wherever your people are right now. I announce, my Lord, the favor of the Lord. I announce the grace of the Lord. I announce the love of the Lord. I announce the peace of the Lord. I announce the joy of the Lord. God, I refuse to believe that prayer is about, Lord, uh, memorizing. For I know that it is communicating with God most high. And so that is why, my Lord, I know it is the spiritual matters. And I am happy and confident that I am led by the Spirit of God. For you have saved my father from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 26. It is written, it says, For I do not know how to pray as I ought, but the Spirit helps me in my weaknesses with groanings which cannot be uttered. And so, my Lord, that's where my confidence comes from in understanding that the Holy Spirit is there to help me in my weakness in a prayer. And I pray right now, anyone that is feeling weak in their life of prayer, receive the grace in the mighty name of Jesus. Anyone that is receiving is feeling weak. Anyone that is unable to pray. Anyone that is finding it difficult. Anyone that finds it a mission. Anyone that finds it as a mountain to climb when it comes to prayer. I announce the grace right now in the mighty name of Jesus. My God, I praise you, Lord, that the word that I'm about to speak this afternoon, I know without a doubt that you have placed this word upon my heart. Father, for I am only a servant, my God. And as I speak, Lord, thank you, for I am confident that you are speaking through me in the mighty name of Jesus. I am confident that, Lord, you are going to touch the lives of your people in Jesus' name. I am confident that you are going to change their story in the name of Jesus. I am confident that, my Lord, you are going to give them wisdom, knowledge, revelation, and understanding in the name of Jesus. I am confident that they are going to become better at life, better at families, better at reaction, better at response, better at words, better at behavior, better in character, better in responsibility in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I honor you and I glorify you. Thank you, Jehovah, for I know that right now my lord we have got you helper with us and that you are going to assist us in everything my lord that is going to be done this afternoon in the name of jesus and i announce right now that evil ones evil forces evil powers evil spirits know that you have no place in the lives of the children of god and so i rebuke you in the mighty name of jesus know that you have no say in the lives of the children of god Therefore, I declare that nothing that you have spoken about them can stand in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, no negativity. Father, I declare, no low, low self-esteem. Jehovah, I announce that they are not going to be subjected to the ways of the enemy because Jesus Christ, you died for them. My God, receive the praise, receive the honor, receive the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. Line, linea, no sanamaka. Uh, Sindel, Lipita, Monson, Mokashi, Departamus, Sotobokata, 
Glory recent leader tosa da pakate misent liato pakasate lembe tita moso do boshata everything that is happening I give praise to your name God oh high leader bosonda laba kapase de boshata linde leviato bakasata you are the only one who created the heavens and the earth you deserve the praise oh Father luda mosondo luba kapase de boshata life is in your hands peace is in your hands joy is in your hands healing is in your hands favor is in your hands in the mighty name of jesus christ thank you lord i honor you in jesus mighty name i pray amen hallelujah praise the lord we thank God for this awesome time that we have once more um, this Sunday that we can share the word of God. And I want to say to you that um, I am ready to minister. I am ready to teach. I am ready to pour out everything that the Lord has placed upon my heart. And as such, I ask that just lend, uh, you know, lend, um, um, lend your ears. All right. Just pay attention. That's all you have to do. Sit quiet, sit tight and be ready to hear and to listen what the Lord has for you. I am here specifically for you and no one else. Hallelujah. The Father has loved you today so much that he has sent his servant purely just for you. This is your word, your message, and so take it and do not let any of it slip by. Praise the Lord. Last Sunday, I was speaking, teaching on a message which was titled, A Life That Speaks. A life that speaks and in that message I was paying attention to um, shying away or shifting from a position where we are boasting shifting moving away from a position where we are always speaking shifting and moving away from a position where we are, are fond of or we are known of always opening our mouth and speaking about our successes um, yes it is good to testify but at the same time, be careful that testifying should not turn into boasting where one begins to praise themselves. So a life that speaks was looking at a marriage that speaks for itself. A life that speaks was looking at a health where there are testimonies that others can speak because of what your life is. A life that speaks was looking at a marriage, was looking at a family, was looking at a workplace, was looking at a business, was looking at all areas of your life that are indeed speaking where people can identify and say indeed god is at work and um, so i want to say to you that what we are here to minister this afternoon is a continuation you see how it connects to a life that speaks and i want to urge you that find the time to go back to the messages that i have been teaching from the beginning of the year those are your messages um, and they are available either here on facebook you can find them or on the YouTube channel for a friend of Jesus, you can find them, or even on the audio um, platforms, um, the podcasts. We've got um, um, one on iTunes, there is one on Anchor, and there is one on Spotify. I am saying this deliberately, that the messages are there for you to play them over and over. The messages are there for you to listen, take notes, for you to listen and apply them in your life. Praise the Lord. I find it working for me as well that when I listen to them, I am reminded and I am made to know that indeed God is on my side. Hallelujah. 
And today I want to speak about on to the next one. Hallelujah. The message that I have to teach today is on a title, on to the next one. After your life has spoken regarding healing, you need to move to the next one. After your life has spoken about peace in your marriage, you need to move to the next one. After your life has spoken about you getting a job after suffering for some time, you need to move to the next one. After your life has moved from where you were not trusted by your family members or your relatives, you then need to move on to the next one. After your life has spoken about your achievements in your academics, you now need to move on to the next one. After your life has spoken about your business, which was maybe not growing and now it is growing, you now need to move on to the next one. So whatever that has changed, whatever that has happened, whatever miracle that you have encountered, whatever sign or wonder that you have experienced in your life, today we want to talk about move to the next one. Hallelujah. That yes, praise God. Yes, testify. Yes, glorify him. Yes, be happy in it. But do not dwell in that. Move on to the next one. Hallelujah. On to the next one. That's the message. Now, listen to these opening remarks. The first one says, There are a lot of believers today who are living life based on past encounters and all experiences in their spiritual walk with Jesus Christ. What this means is there are some believers who today they are living their life based on what God did years ago. Hallelujah. Now, if it is me, imagine living a life where all I am talking about is how I had an experience while praying some years ago. How God healed me some years ago. How God blessed me to be married some years ago. How God blessed me with a job some months ago. How God favored my family some years back. Hallelujah. Now, listen, there is nothing wrong with looking back on what God has done for you and I. But the problem is, if you remain in that, it means you cannot allow God to do new things over your life. It means you cannot make room in your life for God to give you more. Hallelujah. So this message of on to the next one simply means making room in your life for newness. Making room in your life for growth. Making room in your life for favor. Making room in your life for grace. Making room in your life for, for increase. Making room in your life for spiritual maturity. Making room in your life for change in the way that you are doing things. Hallelujah. Making room in your life. That's why we are talking about on to the next one. And the second remark is uh, the same can be said about people in general. Now forget about a believer for a moment and let's talk about just ordinary people. Hallelujah. If a businessman is going to base his everyday life on the profit or the deal that they made some years ago, it means they cannot focus on new deals that stand ahead. If a businessman cannot focus on opportunities which are ahead of them, but rather focus on what they, they had or what they received some months back, then it means that they cannot grow. 
Praise the Lord. So on to the next one. It means, yes, you made a deal. Yes, you prospered. Yes, you achieved. But today you have to wake up and realize that yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is what's ahead of you. Hallelujah. Yes, you may have made a profit of a million some years back. But you cannot base your life, your business just on the past. You have to wake up and realize that it is time for opportunities which are ahead of you. Praise the Lord. You have to wake up and realize that you now have to focus on what's ahead of you. Hallelujah. That's what on to the next one is all about. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Now, as an appetizer, right? Just as an appetizer to get you moving, to get you thinking, let's quickly look at the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Just so we can get the understanding of why on to the next one. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13 reads, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This was Apostle Paul that wrote a letter to the Philippians and in his letter he said, I realized as a Paul, I realized as a servant of the Lord, I realized as a believer, I realized as a Christian, I realize as a child of God that I am able to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now he was saying my ability is based in Jesus Christ. For me to grow, I am dependent on Jesus Christ. My success is dependent on Jesus Christ. My healing is dependent on Jesus Christ. My promotion is dependent on Jesus Christ. The favor in my life with men is dependent on Jesus Christ. My academics are dependent on Jesus Christ. The peace in my family is dependent on Jesus Christ. My ministry is dependent on Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Every achievement that I can think of is dependent on Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. These, these, this. These are the words of Paul. Hallelujah. After considering what had happened, after doing self-introspection, after researching and assessing his life, after assessing his walk with Jesus, after assessing his ability, after assessing his achievements, he reached a point where he made a conclusion that me being able to do all that I can do is because of Jesus who is my strength. Praise the Lord. Now, when you talk about on to the next one, you need to understand that you need Jesus Christ on your side. Hallelujah. When you are talking about on to the next one, you have to come to the realization that Jesus Christ has to be the centerpiece. He has to be at the center of your story. He has to be the center of your affairs. He has to be right at the center of it all. Praise the Lord. He has to be the reason why you make it. He has to be the reason why you exist. On to the next one. Hallelujah. Now listen to this. The scripture makes it clear that our ability is in Jesus Christ. And the second point, equally, without Jesus Christ, there are certain things that man cannot do. Listen, Paul is saying, I can do all things. Hallelujah. He is not saying I can do some things. He is not saying I can do certain things. 
but he is saying i can do all things meaning i can do everything through christ who strengthens me when you assess that statement Equally, you can understand that there are things in one's life which you cannot achieve without Jesus. Your career can grow to a certain level, yes, but in order for you to break barriers, in order for you to reach heights which are unimaginable, you need Jesus on your side. Your family can be good where you are enjoying your family, your siblings, your relatives, your marriage, your children, your wife, your husband, and every other relative. But it can only last to a certain degree. In order for that to be permanent, in order for that to be continuous, then you and I need Jesus on our side. You can be celebrating today that God has given you a job and you are paid well in your job. That's good. But in order for that to be sustained, you need Jesus on your side. You can say today that God has blessed you and you are graduating with your undergraduate degree. You can be saying that God has blessed you and you are graduating in your postgraduate degree. You can be saying today that you are about to graduate in your PhD. But in order for you to take it a step further, you need Jesus on your side. You can say that, yes, you are able to fast and pray, but in order for you to take it a step further, you need Jesus on your side. You can say that your ministry, your church is growing, yes, but in order for it to reach levels which you and your elders or your people around you never imagined, then you need Jesus on your side. You can say as a leader, you know, uh, a leader of governments, Hallelujah. You can say that, yes, you are a believer and you are able to lead people well. That's good. But in order for you to lead in a dimension unheard of, in order for you to lead in a direction unheard of, in order for you to change your nation and the lives of your people, you need Jesus on your side. Praise the Lord. So what I'm saying is Paul realized that life without Jesus has limitations. Ha! That's a revelation. Life without Jesus has limitations. Life without Jesus has shortfalls. Life without Jesus has areas, barriers that you cannot break forth. Life without Jesus has um, um, certain constrictions. Life without Jesus is going to result in certain pains that you cannot overcome on your own. Life without Jesus has questions that no man can answer. Life without Jesus has certain scenarios which you can never plan. Life without Jesus means that you can find yourself in tight situations where your academics cannot see you through, where your wealth cannot take you out, where your influence cannot even help. You need Jesus on your side. This is what it means when you are saying on to the next one. Hallelujah. You cannot move to the next breakthrough without Jesus. You cannot move to the next miracle without Jesus. You cannot move to the next promotion without Jesus. You cannot move to the next testimony without Jesus. You cannot reach a new level without Jesus. Hallelujah. I want us to understand this carefully before we move to the scripture that I have for the day. Praise the Lord. Let's open our Bibles from the book of Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6. Once more, I welcome you. Um, you are precious. And I thank you for listening to this word, for listening to this message. You are unique. 
Praise the Lord. I want you to tell yourself, I am unique. Say it with me, I am unique. Hallelujah. There is no one who is like you. You are precious. You are different. Hallelujah. God never made a counterfeit. He made only you. Special. Judges chapter 6. And I'll read from verse 1. Now we're going to read quite a number of verses, but um, I want you to pay attention and stay with me. On to the next one. Judges chapter 6. Let's read from verse number 1. I'll read the New King James Version of the Bible. Verse number 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. I want you to mark that. Did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midian for seven years. Hallelujah. Pay attention to that. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them to the Midianite for seven years. Verse number two. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites. The children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So pay attention. The word of God is saying the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And for seven years, they found life difficult. And the Bible says that they, they ended up living where they were staying. They went into caves. They went into a hiding place. Hallelujah. Because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Verse number three. So it was whenever Israel had sown, whenever Israel had planted, whenever Israel had worked harder, what happened? Midianites would come up, also Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them. Ha, this is tough stuff. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you and I praise you that, Lord, as we continue to read the word of God, open the understanding of your sons and your daughters. My God, I know there are revelations in this word, for this is the active, the living, the life, my God, this word. And I thank you, my God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Listen to the scenario very carefully. The children of Israel have done evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Bible says because they had done evil, God handed them over to their enemies for seven years. Hallelujah. And not only were they handed over to their enemies, the Bible says that they then left their place of comfort, they left their place of refuge, and went to stay in the caves in hiding. And verse number three is very, very sad. Because the Bible says, whenever the children of Israel would sow anything, whenever they would plant anything, the Bible says the Midianites, group number one, the Amalekites, group number two, and the people of the East would come up against them. Hallelujah. So they inherited three classes of enemies because they did evil in the sight of the Lord. On to the next one. Verse number four, then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. I want you to pay attention that you have the children of Israel who are God's beloved. Hallelujah. And because they did evil before the Lord, in the sight of the Lord, God allowed them to be handed over to the hands of their enemies. And the Bible is saying that they were still trying so hard to work. They were trying so hard to make it in life. They were trying so hard in their businesses to trade. 
They were trying so hard as farmers to plant or to sow. But the Bible says the more they did that, is the more the enemies showed up to take everything out of their, uh, their praises. Why? They had done evil in the sight of the Lord. Let's read on. I am taking you somewhere. Verse number 5. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without a number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. Verse number 6. So Israel was greatly impoverished. I want you to mark that word. Israel felt poverty. They experienced poverty which was so severe because they did evil in the sight of the law. Hallelujah. On to the next one. I want us to understand that even though God worked a miracle in your life yesterday, if you choose to do evil today, then the trouble is still going to pursue you. Even though you experienced signs and wonders weeks ago, if you choose to do evil today, then believe me, you are going to still get into trouble. Even though God has blessed you in your family, but if you choose not to stick to the ways of the Lord, then still you are going to land up in hot waters. Even though as a servant of God, God has anointed you. But if you choose to do evil today, then you can still find yourself in trouble. Why? Because when you do evil before God, it does not go unnoticed. It does not go unpunished. Hallelujah. That's why it's important for us to remember who God is. That's why it's important for us to remember where our help comes from. That's why it's important for us to remember who God is. That's why it's important for us to remember that God is a righteous God. That's why it's important for us to remember that God demands perfection from us. Hallelujah. Let me speak a little bit on that statement. Now, it sounds scary when I say God demands perfection. Hallelujah. Because people will come out and say, but yes, we cannot be perfect. People will come out and say, yes, we are not all righteous, but we are sinners. Yes, the world can say that. But that is not an exemption from doing wrong. Make no mistake about it. Even if the word of God says that we were born out of sin. Hallelujah. But that does not necessarily mean, in fact, not even necessarily, it does not give us a license to do wrong. It does not give us license to live a life of oppressing other people. It does not give us license for us to live a life of belittling other people. It does not give us license for us to look down on other people. It does not give us license for us, for us to gossip about other people. It does not give us a license for us to cheat other people. It does not give us a license for us, for us to deceive other people. Hallelujah. So what am I saying? God demands righteousness. Hallelujah. God demands perfection. How can we achieve it? By his word. Hallelujah. Daily when you keep asking him to say, Lord, help me, then you are able to move on to the next miracle. When you ask and you get down on your knees at the start of the day and you say, God, help me, then you are able to move on to the next one. Hallelujah. When you get down on your knees and say, Father, I am struggling in my job, then you are able to move on to the next one because God will be able to strengthen you. When you get down on your knees and say, Lord, there was a peace in my family. Today, I don't know what happened. 
but I am trusting on you, Jesus, to bring peace. Then are you able to move on to the next one, a level of stability, a level of comfort. Praise the Lord. When you get down on your knees and say, Jehovah, I do not understand what has happened with my business. I had many customers last year. I had many people following me last year. I was making profits a few months ago, but right now something has gone wrong. Lord, help me. Then are you able to move on to the next one? When you come before him and you say, my God, last year I was a top student in my class. Last year I achieved my, my, my qualification, but this year I don't know what is going on. I cannot understand the concepts anymore. I can't get myself to study. I can't get myself to focus. Because you are trusting in Jesus, then are you able to move on to the next one? Hallelujah. So moving on to the next one in your life, means you have to depend on Jesus. Praise the Lord. You have to depend on Jesus. You have to say, Lord, I know I am earning a lot. I know that I have got stability. I know that I have got peace in my life, but I am not taking it for granted. I thank you, Jesus. Then are you able to move on to the next one? When you are able to come and say, my God, I thank you because of my church, my ministry, that it is not by power nor by might, but by your spirit. It is not by the doing of men, but by your doing. That every time I see people coming, oh Lord, I see people joining the ministry. I see people supporting the ministry. That is a reason for God to do more on in your life. And you are going to be able to move on to the next one. Hallelujah. The problem we have is we do not acknowledge God. We do not acknowledge Jesus as the reason in our life. We do not acknowledge Jesus as the reason in our family. We do not acknowledge Jesus as the reason in our protection. We do not acknowledge Jesus as the reason in our finances. We do not acknowledge Jesus as the reason of the anointing. We do not acknowledge Jesus as the reason of our ability. But once we recognize, once we realize, Realize that Jesus is the reason, then you can move on to the next one. Are you looking for a miracle? Are you looking for a breakthrough? Are you looking for a blessing? Are you looking to overcome? Are you looking for favor? Are you looking for joy? Are you looking for peace? Are you looking for improvement? I want to challenge you that allow Jesus to be the center of everything in your life. Then can you move on to the next one? Hallelujah. We are all going to be disappointed in life. It is part of life. We are all going to be hurt in life. It is part of life. We are all going to be broken in heart. It is part of life. We are all going to be cheated at one point or another. It is all part of life. People are going to lie to us. It is all part of life. You are going to fail at some point. It is all part of life. Hallelujah. But when you base it on Jesus, when you understand that Jesus is the center of it all, then you are able to move on to the next one. Hallelujah. You are able to move on to a new dimension in life. You are able to move into a new direction in life. You are able to have passion once more in life. You are able to rise up and say, I am going to do better than I did yesterday. Why? Jesus is the center of it all. On to the next one. Hallelujah. Mm. Look at verse number seven. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites. Here is the revelation. 
it took the children of Israel seven years to realize that God was needed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me repeat that. It took seven years of suffering. Seven years of extreme poverty. Seven years of shame. Seven years of embarrassment. Seven years of sickness. Seven years of hiding. Seven years of, of not having comfort for these people to realize that God was needed. Hallelujah. So, on to the next one is all about reacting quickly. Hallelujah. You have to act quickly. If you know, and you, I mean, it's not even if. Praise the Lord. When things are not right in my family, I know that something is wrong. I do not have to wait for anyone or anything. I know, I can tell that something is wrong. When something is wrong in my workplace, I know. I do not have to wait for anyone to come tell me. When I am no longer focused, I know that something is wrong. When failure is coming my way, I know it because I am struggling. I know it. So what I'm saying to you is for you to move on to the next one, you need to act quickly. Hallelujah. Imagine seven years before they prayed and cried out to the Lord. Seven years before they realized that they needed God. Seven years before they realized that they had departed from the ways of the Lord. Seven years before they realized that what they had done was evil before the Lord. Seven years before they repented to God. My question to you is, have you realized that you need Jesus? Have you realized that you need him in your family? Have you realized that you need him in your health? Have you realized that you cannot do without him? Remember we read in the beginning, the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 13, where the word of God says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Have you reached that point in your life of saying that in order for me to do everything, I need Jesus? Have you reached a point where when you wake up in the morning, you know you cannot make it without Jesus? Have you reached a point where before you step out, you say, Jesus, walk with me? Have you reached a point before you plan, you say, Jesus, plan with me? Have you reached a point where you say, Jesus, walk with me in my marriage? Have you reached a point where you say, Jesus, we need you in this ministry? Have you reached a point where you are saying, Jesus, I need you? I cannot do without you. Yes, things seem to be good, but I need you more. Or are we relaxing because things seem to be okay? On to the next one. On to the next one. Now, seven years, my, 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 this is painful. And the Bible says in verse number eight, that the Lord, uh, no, verse number seven, and it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel. I brought you up from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. Verse number nine. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you the land. After seven years, when they realized that Jesus, God was needed, the Bible says when they cried out to the Lord, then God reminded them, that 
I already did it for you. Did you not know? <laughs> Hallelujah. So the trick is for us to move on to the next one, we need to realize that Christ is needed. Do not waste time crying in your life for years, for months, before inviting Jesus. The disciples did it. They were crying in the boat. They were saying we are about to perish. They were saying we are about to die. And yet they had the Savior in the boat underneath sleeping. Hallelujah. So it took for them to reach a point where they said we are about to die to cry out to him. Hallelujah. Had they cried out at the beginning when they saw the wind, when they saw that the, 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 you know, the, the environment was changing, when they saw that the, the, the calmness in the sea was no longer there, then they would have not reached a point of thinking they were going to die. But they also waited until a point where the waves were hitting so severe against the boat, when the water began to creep into the boat for them to say, ah, we are about to die. Hallelujah. So I want to say to you, do not wait until things are so bad in your life to call Jesus. Do not wait until things are so bad in your relationship to call out to Jesus. Do not wait when things are so bad with your children to call unto Jesus. Do not wait when things are so bad with your husband, with your wife, to call unto Jesus. Do not wait when things are so bad in your relationship with your friend to call out to Jesus. Do not wait when your ministry is about to be destroyed for you to call unto Jesus. Do not wait until you're about to be retrenched, until you're about to be fired for you to call unto Jesus. Do not not wait when your business is about to be bankrupt for you to call unto Jesus. Do not wait until the dates are so high in your life that they are about to blacklist you before you call unto Jesus. Do not wait until the landlord is about to kick you out of your place of residence before you call unto Jesus. Do not wait until your visa is about to expire, until your documents are about to expire before you call unto Jesus. Do not wait until until the very last minute and then go unto Jesus. Praise the Lord. You see, the issue is we want Jesus to be a magician. <laughs> I like that. The issue that we have as believers is that we want Jesus to be a magician, meaning Jesus must work things out there and then when it suits us. Forgetting that the book of Malachi, uh, no, the book of Ecclesiastes, says that there is a season and a time for everything. Hallelujah. Meaning, if you engage early, if you engage Jesus earlier in your life, then he is going to bring about understanding over your life to know that it is not time yet. Hallelujah. So you are going to carry on preparing. But if you engage him late, and he tells you that, listen, it is only going to happen years from now, then your disappointment is going to be severe. You can end up leaving the church. You can end up giving up on your belief. You can end up stopping to pray. You can end up quitting on your marriage. You can end up leaving your employment. You can end up giving up on your business. You can end up giving up on your marriage or your children or your family. Why? Because you have waited until the last minute. Hallelujah. So today I want to say to you to move on to the next one. You need to engage with the Lord now. Don't wait until it's too late. Don't wait until you're on your deathbed to realize that Jesus is your protector. Don't wait until you're on your deathbed to realize the Holy Spirit is your protector, your navigator. Don't wait until you're on your deathbed to realize that he is your savior. And then when you're unable to speak, people are coming, priests are coming, servants of the Lord are coming, and they want to lead you to Jesus, but you can't speak anymore. 
Don't wait until it's too late. While you have got a voice, while you have got an opportunity, while you have got the strength, I want you to turn back to him and let him know that, Lord, I need you more than ever. I need you more than before. Hallelujah. On to the next one. On to the next one. Verse number nine. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of those who oppressed you and drove them out before you and gave you their land. Verse number 10, and I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Mm -hmm. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. <laughs> when we started looking at the book of Judges chapter 6 in verse number 1, the Bible says the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And in verse number 10, God is saying that indeed the reason why you have faced seven years of tough situations, seven years of oppression, is because you never obeyed my voice. Now the word of God says, my sheep know my voice. Hallelujah, that's Jesus speaking. So today while you know his voice, today while you have got that discernment, I would like to ask you to say, make the decision now and follow him, walk with him. Hallelujah. Let him know everything about you. Let him know everything around your life. Let him know every secret. Praise the Lord. That's how you're able to move on to the next one. I want us to move to the next uh, book, but quickly uh, jump to verse number 13. The Bible says, Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Now, this is Gideon questioning God to say, Lord, I have heard about what you are saying, that you are with us. I have heard about you making a promise. But if this is the case, then why are all these things happening to us? Now, listen, when we are talking about on to the next one, there is someone who is sitting and saying, but why am I sick today if God is with me? Why is my marriage in trouble if God is with me? Why are my children disrespectful if God is with me? Why am I unemployed if God is with me? Why am I struggling in my business if God is with me? Why do all my relatives not like me if God is with me? Why am I struggling to find the grace of favor among people if God is with me? Why are people going around and gossiping or speaking lies or spreading lies about me if God is with me? Hallelujah. If you find yourself saying that, I want to remind you that even though God may seem silent, but God remains on the throne. Hallelujah. Even though God may seem silent, but God still hears you when you speak. Hallelujah. Even though God may seem like he is not around, remember that he is in you and with you forever, according to the word. Hallelujah. So never be shaken. Never be, never be mistaken. But know. Hallelujah, that Jehovah is on your side and is with you. On to the next one. And Gideon carried on and said, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Now Gideon is saying this, forgetting that the Lord is saying two things. Number one, the people did evil before him. And number two, they disobeyed him. Hallelujah. Now listen. Listen to this. I am a pastor, right? And people come to me and ask me to pray for them and pray with them. 
and most of the time people do not give a pastor the context of what is happening all they say is i am struggling in my marriage law uh, my, my husband or my wife is doing abc i need a prayer pastor at my place of employment they've decreased my salary or they're about to fire me i need a prayer pastor my landlord is about to kick me i need a prayer pastor but what we do not do is to share the details with the servants of god now for me as a pastor i'll do my work i am going to go before god and start pleading your case i am going to go before god and start praying for you start praying for change but if you have not taken the stand of telling God what you have done wrong, then my prayer is going to be difficult to work for you. Hallelujah. I am going to spend so much time and effort praying for your situation, but if I do not know what you have done, if you cannot be open with God and let him know that, Father, forgive me, this is what I did wrong, then the servant of God is going to do things to pray and to say things which he shouldn't be saying. Why? Because had you come clean, then it was going to be a different story. So that's what's happening here. Gideon is busy accusing God. Gideon is busy pleading before God. Gideon is busy saying to God, if indeed you are with us, then we are not going to suffer these things. However, what he was not aware of was that the people had done evil in the sight of the Lord. What he was unaware of was that people had disobeyed God. Praise the Lord. So I want to say to you that moving on to the next one means you have to be true to yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. You have to look at your life and say, my, 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 I know that this is not godly. This is not supposed to be done by me. I am not supposed to be behaving this way. Father, forgive me. When you do that, you make it easier for the servants of God to pray. You make it easier for God to work in your life. You make it easier for God to send angels in your life to deliver you. You make it easier for him to move and cause miracles to happen over your life. Why? You have realized that you have done wrong. This is what the children of Israel did. That's why they cried out to the Lord after seven years. Hallelujah. Mm. Verse 14, at the end, God uh, says, have I not sent you? He's asking Gideon. And verse number 17 in the Bible reads, then he said to him, if now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign. Ha. Now, let me ask you this. Go back to the book of Judges, right? From verse number one read it up until verse number 40 judges chapter 6 read the entire chapter so that you get the full context of what happened with the children of israel from the beginning the seven years and then at the end okay it is very important for you to do that hallelujah and um as we move on to the next scripture i want to share with you this right i was having a chat with a friend of mine last night and um, he asked me a question. And my response to him was, this is a good question. And in me explaining to him, I further said that the problem that we have as children of God is that we apply the word of God out of context. Hallelujah. So you go and you pull a verse from the Bible. You begin to shout the verse. You begin to recite the verse. You begin to get excited over the verse without understanding what happened before that verse. That's the context I'm talking about. 
So I want to say to you, this is a lesson I am teaching you. It's a secret that I have learned and I apply in my life when it comes to the word of God. Learn to apply the word of God in context. Hallelujah. Read the scriptures, read the chapters, understand. Don't just go in a verse, quote a verse and get excited. It is dangerous to do that. Hallelujah. But first understand the full context of what's happening and then you can apply those verses effectively in your life. Okay, that's an important lesson. Now look at the book of Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3 verse 12. The Bible reads, Not that I have already attained. This is Apostle Paul speaking. Let's look at uh, the new King James Version. Okay, so that's Philippians chapter 3. I want you to jump back to verse number 1. Okay, so let's apply the context. I want to show you what it means. So if you start reading from verse number 12 only, you're going to think that Paul just comes out and starts saying what he said. I want to teach you what it means to apply context or to apply the word of God using context. Verse number 1 of Philippians chapter 3. The Bible reads, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you, it is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Verse number 2. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of mutilation. Verse number 3. For we are the, uh, the circumcision who worship God in spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Verse number four is important. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I more so. Hallelujah. So Paul is saying people go around and say, no, 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 I have got confidence only in Jesus. But the truth is also that you have got confidence in yourself. You have got confidence in your ability. You have got confidence in, in your skill. You have got confidence in your talent. You have got confidence in your gift. And there is nothing wrong with that because that's what God has given you. Hallelujah. That's why you can boldly say, I am the best hairdresser. You are not being spiritual about that. You are being factual because you know you are the best hairdresser. That's why a football player says, I am the best. Why? Because they know they are good at a skill that God has given them. You can say, I am the best accountant. You are not writing about that. It is, you know, what you know you have been trained to do. You are so good at it. That's why your accolades, they speak for it. Hallelujah. You can go and say, I am the best cook because your works speak for themselves. When you cook, everyone agrees that yes, this woman is the best cook. This brother is the best chef. Why your works speak for themselves. So Paul is saying there is nothing wrong with having confidence in your works. There is nothing having wrong. There is nothing wrong with having confidence in your ability. Hallelujah. Now listen, let's read on. Verse number five. Circumcised the eighth day. Paul is saying, when you speak about circumcision, I, Paul, was circumcised when I was only uh, eight days old. He goes on to say, of the stock of Israel, he says, God's chosen are Israelites. And I, Paul, I am of Israel, so I am also chosen. Hallelujah. And number three, he says, of the tribe of Benjamin, I am of a tribe that is loved, a tribe that is chosen. He goes on to say, I am a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, concerning the law, you can... Compare me to a Pharisee. Now, according to the Bible, the Pharisees were people who knew the law inside out. 
There are people who knew the law so well. There are people who knew the law that they could not do anything wrong. Hallelujah. When they were walking in the marketplaces, everyone knew that a Pharisee is walking past. Paul is saying, if you speak of people like that, I am top of that as well. I know the law very well. But listen, in verse number six, he says, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Ha! Huh? He says, when you speak about having passion in something, I had passion in persecuting the believers. Hallelujah. I have been there. If you speak about doing the wrong, I have been there in my past life. Hallelujah. Now he goes on to say, which is the law? He says, concerning righteousness, which is the law? I am blameless. He says, if you want to speak about doing good, if you want to speak about worship, if you want to speak about prayer, if you want to speak about uh, helping people, if you want to speak about, you know, doing everything that is expected of a child of God, I am also there. I am blameless. Now, look at verse number seven. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Remember my message on the power of priority. In that message, I was saying that we all have to come to a point of realizing what are the priorities in our life. Now, Paul is saying, for you to move on to the next one, for you to move on to the next level, for you to move on to the new height, for you to develop new skills, you have to understand that priority is key in your life. And the biggest and most important priority is to keep Jesus first is to keep the Holy Ghost first, is to keep Jehovah first, is to keep his word first, hallelujah. And that's what Paul is saying. Now, we, we, we are talking about on to the next one, praising the Lord. I know people get excited when we talk about pressing on. I know people get excited when we talk about forgetting the past. I know people get excited when we talk about reaching unto the price. I know people get excited when we talk about going for the crown. But what they do not understand is that Paul had some context before he arrived to that verse. Paul had some lessons before he got to that point hallelujah now listen he says for the sake of christ i lost everything this means he lost everything hallelujah and by everything it doesn't mean that he physically lost it all no what paul is saying is that he made christ a priority and because of that everything else suffered loss hmm, what a revelation Paul is saying, if uh, television was a priority, the moment Jesus is made a priority, it means the love for television has lost. That's what he meant. If friends was a priority, it means when he made Jesus number one, the love for friends suffered a loss. It means if Paul was all about chasing money, that every time when he wakes up, he was thinking about making money, making the next millionaire, making the next billionaire. If Paul was all about working, that every time when he wakes up, it's about a job. When he made Jesus a priority, the love for money suffered a loss. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you understanding? That what Paul is talking about as loss is making Jesus a priority and everything else a second. And he goes on to say, my, 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 yet indeed I have count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and have counted them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. 
I asked myself a question the other day. I said, Tadala, on weekends you find yourself watching football matches. Hallelujah. That if there are three football matches, that means it's 90 by 3. Because it's 90 minutes a game. And also, of course, you have to include the halftime talks and all of that. Meaning it's more than 90 minutes. Praise the Lord. So you're talking uh, more than 90 minutes one game, another more than 90 minutes another match, another more than 90 minutes another match. So that's three times, hallelujah, of time that I'm spending watching football on a Saturday. Now I, I ask my question, Tadala, what could you have been doing in that time that could better your life? I am not saying that watching football is wrong. I am not saying that watching TV is wrong. I am not saying that chatting with your friends is wrong. I am not saying that going out is wrong. But what I am saying is, what are the priorities in your life? Are you doing something with your time for you to move on to the next one? You cannot move on to the next level without investing time. It is not possible. For your business to move on to the next level, you need to invest time. For you in your, in your career to move to the next level, you have to invest time. For you to move to, to, to the next one in, in your relationship, hallelujah, you need to invest time. For you to move to a new level of, of uh, academics, you must invest time. Hallelujah. So I say to myself, if I can uh, shift that time that I'm spending on that luxury, if I can take that time and put it into something useful, then indeed I'm going to move on to the next one. Hallelujah. And that's what Apostle Paul is talking about. Suffering loss in other areas for the sake of Christ. Because if you pursue Christ, you're going to find the revelation. If you pursue Christ, you're going to find the secrets of business. If you pursue Christ, you're going to find the secrets of how to speak. If you pursue Christ, you're going to find the secrets of how to do things better, how to improve in life. Hallelujah. Now, let's jump to verse number 12. He says, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold for me. Verse number 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one, hmm, my, 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 but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead of me. In order for you to move to the next one, you have to understand that it is time to forget about your achievement of yesterday and move on. Hallelujah. Yes, it is good you can you know, uh, draw lessons from it. Yes, it is good you can encourage people by it. But in order for you to even reach levels greater than what you achieved yesterday, it means you must let go. Hallelujah. Otherwise, if you are going to sit in yesterday, you are not going to make it to today. Praise the Lord. So you cannot just sit and say, I used to pray a lot three years ago. That does not count for anything today. You need to improve today and move on. Yes, let it be a lesson that three years ago I was praying so much, but today you need to look forward and move on. Yes, you had a peace in your family three years ago, but today you need to move on and focus ahead. Yes, you may have been making so much years ago, but today you need to focus now. What are you going to do about 2021? What are you going to do about your future? What are you going to do about your destiny? Hallelujah. That's what moving on to the next one is all about. Do not dwell on your past achievements. 
Do not sit on your past achievements, but focus on what's ahead of you. Focus on what you can do better. Hallelujah. If you look at an athlete, they do not focus at how best they played the last game. They say the last game is done. They now need to focus on the next one. Hallelujah. They say we won yesterday, but the focus is today we have to train for the next match. Why? They understand that for you to move on to the next achievement, you have to let go of your past achievement. Ha! I like that. For you to move on to the next achievement, you have to let go of your past achievement. If you're holding on to your past, you cannot move on to the future. If you're holding on to your past, you cannot move on to your new destiny. If you're holding on to your past, you cannot move ahead in life. Hallelujah. But you have to let go so that you can forge ahead. You have to let go so that you can move forward in life. Praise the Lord. And Mm, he says, verse number 14, I praise toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, let us, as many as mature, have this in mind. I want you to take verse number 15 serious. It says, therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this in mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. So what, what God is saying to you and I, is that in your mind, you have to change something. Hallelujah. The change has to take place in our mind. And once the change has taken place in our mind, we are going to move on to the next one in life. Hallelujah. You cannot lay for yourself targets or challenges based on the past. That's not possible. Because time changes. What I mean is, as time is moving, things are changing. So if you're going to base your plans on the past, it means you cannot plan on the dynamics of what is changing. This is why people are struggling so much today. They are trying to implement the methods which were used five years ago today. And it can't work anymore because times have changed. People are trying to implement the same tactics in a ministry that were applied 20 years ago. And they are finding that it's not working. The reason is you have to let go of that. Thank God it worked 20 years ago. But today is a new day. Hallelujah. You have to move on to the new one. The same with parenting. We keep saying that, no, but our parents used to do this to us. Yes, that worked for us with our parents. But today with your children, this is a new generation. It's a new age. Those methods cannot work. If you try to do that today, you're going to be arrested because our parents used to beat us. Our parents used to whip us. Today, you cannot whip your children, especially here in Europe. You try to do that and you're going to get yourself into trouble. So what am I saying? To move on to the next one, you have to understand that you have to adapt to change. Hallelujah. For you to move on to the next one, you must respect the fact that life changes. Hallelujah. And when that, when that sinks in your mind, you are going to be untouchable. You are going to be unchallengeable. You are going to become a very dangerous person. Why? Because you are going to move on to levels which are unheard of in your life. Praise the Lord. Listen, it is good to know history. I think I may have posted this earlier. Listen to this. It is good to know history. However, do not let it keep you in the past. I love this. This is a quote. This is a statement by Tadala. It's a fresh one that I got this morning. And it says, it is good to know history. 
However, do not let it keep you in the past. What that means is you can study history. You can learn history. You can research history. You can go back in time and see what happened. But do not let that exercise keep you in the past. You have to understand that it's time to progress. Dreams are in the future. Goals are all about the future. Destinies are all about the future. Plans are all about the future. Visions are all about the future. You do not dream about the past. You dream for the future. You do not plan for the past. You plan for the future. You do not have visions for yesterday. You have visions for tomorrow. Your destiny is not looking at yesterday. Your destiny is looking ahead. Hallelujah. So moving on to the next one means your focus must be looking ahead. Your focus must be looking in front of you. Your focus must plan what's coming in front of you, what's coming ahead of you. Hallelujah. Mm. Okay, just write this down. Go and read Acts chapter 2 verse 1 to 4. And you find that's where the Bible speaks about the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 4. What is fascinating is that even though the disciples and the believers experienced the Holy Spirit in a remarkable way, you won't find it in the Bible where they were dwelling on that experience. Rather, their focus was on growing the kingdom. Their focus was preaching the gospel. Their focus was on healing people. Their focus was on speaking, teaching the word of God. Why? Because they were planning to move on to the next one. So don't sit and say, no, five years ago we had an experience or oh, a great experience while we were praying. Oh, we felt the move of God. Oh, it was so powerful. Yes, that's good. But I want you to focus on tomorrow. What is going to happen tomorrow? Don't say, oh, we had such a powerful service last Sunday. The church was filled. The message was great. Yes, that's good. But I want you to focus on the next one. What is going to happen in the next one? Challenge yourself. Hallelujah. Don't say I had many customers. I was making so much money last year. That's last year. It's in the records of last year. But in the records of next year, nothing has been written yet. So take a stand and say, I want to move on to the next one. Don't say, oh, God healed me last year. Oh, he was good. Yes, that's a testimony. It's good. It's powerful. But I want you to focus on tomorrow and say, Father, I trust that my God, you are going to do even better than what happened last year. Why? You are moving on to the next one. You are focusing on to the next one. You are focusing on to the next challenge. Hallelujah. Father, we have spoken. We have taught. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you have been with me. You have been with your people. Before I pray and close, I want to ask anyone who is watching or who is listening and is saying that I have not received Jesus Christ as my Lord and personal Savior. I am not born again. If you are to call me home today, I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know where I'm going to call home. If you are that person right now who is saying, I am not yet born again, I have not yet confessed with my mouth, I have not believed in my heart that Jesus is Lord, I want you to pray with me. All right, so I'm going to lead you into this simple prayer. So if you are there and you have just said what I've just repeated to you, I want you to pray this with me. Say with me, dear God, I come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I acknowledge that I I'm lost in sin. I therefore open my heart to you. 
Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Be my Lord and my Savior. Write my name in the book of life. Thank you for dying for me, Lord. I am now saved. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. If you have just prayed that prayer, welcome to the kingdom. You are now born again. And I want to say to you that um, in order for you to continue understanding and learning what it means to be born again, in order for you to grow, um, there is material, there is scriptures, there is lessons that you need for you to be able to take it to the next step. And um, if you prayed that prayer with me, please message me. Um, let me know so that I can share with you material, so that I can share with you verses, so that I can hold your hand and walk with you in this walk of being born again. And if you are listening, do the same. You know, reach out, let me know so that I can share material with you and hold your hand and walk with you in this walk. Um, with that, we have come to the end and let me pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for the word, my Lord, that I ministered and I shared to your people today. My God, we spoke about on to the next world and I appreciate you, my Lord, that you are saying to us we should not sit on the past experiences, we should not sit on the past encounters, we should not sit on the past achievements, but we should aspire to move forward. Lord, I pray that your people, my God, I believe, have been challenged, my Father, that they need to move forward, they need to move ahead. Thank you, my Lord, that my God, their life, is about to change. My father, as they move into a new week from tomorrow, I pray that, my God, they are going to find a success in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I bless you and I honor you. In Jesus' mighty name I have prayed. Amen. With that, we have officially come to the end of our session. I want to once more appreciate you for taking the time to tune in um, and watch and listen. And um, I want to declare that you are favored, you are blessed. May God lift you. May God honor you. May God bless you. May God protect you. Thank you. And God bless you. Bye-bye.